0: And um, I thought I'd just come and live here and be um, happy. And (laughs) that's what happened.
1: Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. Sunny here. Welcome to episode 15 of My Way. This is part one of my conversation with fellow Graytonian, artist, hunter, Land Rover lover, and many other things, Alistair Barnes. On a beautiful Saturday afternoon, we sat outside his workshop in creaky chairs. While preparing for a fishing trip, he put up with me for three hours as I attempted to tap his memory for stories. We chewed on his homemade chili bites and just pondered life. You can check out the eccentric Alistair on the Podcast Cowgirl Facebook page and Instagram account. Enjoy our mental wanderings.
0: Uh, where did I get to?
1: Okay, take two.
0: Take two. Do we begin again?
1: Yes.
0: Well, wow. are we ready to roll?
1: Yes. And I'm going to keep an eye on this thing. Okay,
0: now. you keep an eye on the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, this is a great introduction. <laughs> As we are <laughs> standing here, thinking of what to say, the thing is rolling, okay. So, I'm Alistair Barnes, I live in Grayton, I live a serendipitous life, um, I do a bit of hunting and fishing and sculpture and painting and uh, drink a hell of a lot of coffee and talk a lot of shit down at the cafe down the bottom here, um, also I have a couple <laughs> Agencies that keep the wolf from the door. So I go and see all my customers, and the ones I don't like, I don't go and see. <laughs> well, once upon a time, I had a company car and an expense account, and um, I travelled the world. And uh, my boss, in fact, called me a subsidized bloody tourist. And I would uh, anyway. So I came past this little place one day, and the, and the, the roosters were crowing like they are now in the distance.
1: At all times and, of
0: the day. Yeah, at night. And um, the cars were going on. And most of the place was empty. There were, mostly there weren't any houses yet. There was lots of plots. What year? Oh, God. Um, in the early 70s, I guess. And um, it was a very nice little town. Very pretty and nothing going on. I thought, hey, that's where I want to come. I live there. And I've got a car with big wheels because the roads were terrible and um i thought i'd just come and live here and be um, happy and <laughs> that's what happened and uh thank god i did it then because i mean the, I, I remember one guy came here to write a book mm-hmm. a t- guy named tv Bowman i think it was and um he bought a house up in park street old house he bought it for thirteen thousand rand After six months with an acre of land, when uh, the locals started uh, last talking to him, they told him how much he'd been ripped off. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's what the places were. 13,000 Rand for an acre of ground. That's just some time back. Wow. But, um, yeah, amazing, eh? That was also in the days when my petrol allowance from the company was 10 Rand a month. And it was five tanks of petrol. Five tanks of petrol.
1: I'm
0: trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. Two rand a tank of petrol. And my boy, any more than that to spend, you'll take out of your own salary. Do you understand? (laughs) Yes, Mr. Blewett. And how old were you?
1: About
0: 20. Okay. I was a a wharf rat, a ship's chandler in Durban Harbor, and I had the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job. I was on call 24-7. And um, they'd phone me up at two o'clock in the morning. And um, the Thor's hope is uh, come in, go and see Captain Nielsen, <laughs> and um, get some orders for tomatoes and condoms and bulk oil and all that type of stuff. And she so there and as you walk up the gangplank at three o'clock in the morning, you go, Skoll! And it's the middle of their day. It's uh, you know, it's the beginning of your day. And um, I hope very soon. Realised that you don't drink, yeah. and those guys, you, our our wharf rats used to come to work at seven o'clock in the morning, drunk. Ooh. Yeah, and then load ships with uh, huge uh, bales, uh, things of iron and stuff like that. Anyway, it was great, it was a great time in the 60s. It really was. The miniskirts shouldn't have, couldn't have been shorter. Um, the girls in Durban were unbelievable. <gasps> and hot, steamy parties. And, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Those were the days, my boy. <clears throat>
1: so then, have you? You haven't lived here full time since the 70s.
0: No, I haven't lived here since 70. I came here in the eight in the 90s. I came here and we bought this place in 97.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Or 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 96. Mm-hmm. And um, there was nothing here. This is just, there were two horses living on this plot. belonged to that guy next door. And it was uh, just khaki boss. No trees. All these trees we planted. All the flowers. It's all Sylvia's work. Well. were. And um, I'm still waiting for my fowls. Because uh-huh. somebody's going to have to feed them and collect the eggs and all the rest of it. And uh, my wife won't do that. And I'm not here a lot of the time, as you know. or don't know. And then uh, basically what I do is I go to town for two weeks out of the month and see my customers if I want to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I come here and uh, do things like I'm doing now. Been making a lot of knives lately. isn't Very interesting.
1: Really? Yeah. Uh, can you make I, me a knife?
0: I can make you a knife. Okay. What? How big and how sharp do you want a knife? Yeah, for Stabbing things, or cutting loads of bread, or what?
1: i gonna have to think about my goals.
0: Oh, I'll show you a whole lot of different variations, and you can choose.
1: Okay. Yeah. Alright, so where and when were you born?
0: I was born in East London, at the Marty Day Hospital, on the 13th of the 11th, 1945. Obviously, my dad had come back from the war, or something like that, and they were waiting to have a precious bundle, and here it is. Mm. Pre- the precious bundle.
1: That's precious how I bund- think of
0: you. Yeah, I'm precious. that's how I think of myself. So I said, what are you doing this morning? I said, I'm going
1: to go interview the pre- precious bundle down
0: the
1: road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Barnes, The Precious Bundle. The
0: Precious Bundle. No, less. no the, more, no less.
1: That should be the name of your memoir. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now,
0: what is your first memory? My first memory? I really, you know, we have these memories that we think are memories that we've probably gained from some photograph or something like that, but I honestly remember at about three years old sitting on a horse, or even earlier, in, uh, well, I now know it was Stutterheim or Kumka or one of those places, but, uh, and I can tell you, the horse it was was um, a dun horse and it had black mane and black legs. How's that?
1: Wow. Oh,
0: something impressed me. So, when
1: was that? How
0: old it? I was three years old. Wow. I yeah. can you remember it clears a bill.
1: Um, <laughs> so, before I ask you what your your family's like I have to read this quote which I found hilarious and I'm assuming that you wrote it on your website but it is born in East London schooled at Selborne College and left to run wild by an ancient deaf disinterested grandparent guardian with whom he lived
0: Mm.
1: so then on that note talk about your family
0: My, my current family, or the family which I come from.
1: Uh-huh. Family which you come
0: from? Family which I come from, uh, an unbelievably great organization. That old man that you're talking about, um, Arthur Barnes, was a most wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, he was 90 and I was 17, so what the hell? He didn't have much to think about uh, me. Uh-huh. But he was the most amazing guy. He fought in the Boer War and he did all sorts of things. He came to South Africa as a as a 13 year old or something like that he started all his businesses and he was a real wonderful, wonderful guy but um,
1: you have I'll a visitor, I'm interrupting you hmm? you have a visitor
0: a visitor, oh yeah visitor, come here and be interviewed <laughs> let me introduce hey. you to this this lovely girl this is Nigel hi, hi Nigel, nice to
1: meet you. I'm Sunny nice hi, to meet Sunny.
0: you I tell you what Listen, listen, listen to this
1: okay
0: hello Nigel Nigel <clears throat> tell me now how long have you known me and how long have we had this loving relationship I've known you far too long <laughs> wish we had never met how about that eh? from <laughs> it, 19 it, when
1: is it is a stunning stunning review of your
0: friendship yeah,
1: yeah.
0: probably f- 19, 1955 no uh, probably earlier eh? yeah somewhere around stay it? here yeah
1: no.
0: Okay. I went to Silbury, in I remember you as a youngster of about six years old. Mm-hmm.
1: So he's part of and, uh, maybe one of your first memories as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh huh. <laughs> he's never forgotten it.
1: Nigel and the horse.
0: <laughs> oh, no, Nigel. <laughs> I remember Nigel. One of the things I remember about, about Nigel, he had, they had a, a wonderful farm that um, my dad and, used to take me to. And Nigel and Eden and and Beverly, Beverly, with her beautiful eyes and lovely legs, eh? <laughs> is Beverly a
1: human or a horse?
0: No, Beverly is definitely a human, okay. <laughs> Nigel is a bit of a horse, you can ask him to strip and you'll see why I say that, <laughs> uh, that's a mule, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Nigel and I go back a long way as you might guess. <laughs> Yeah. Now we're doing some sort of interview here. Um, Carry on. And I have to be able to talk freely. Go and make us some coffee, here. Yeah. <laughs> I want a cup of do you want some tea? Coffee.
1: Coffee would be great.
0: You want make a cup of tea? Go well, brother. I'm trying to think. Through... I don't know how far we're getting with this little thing, well, but anyway. It's
1: okay, like I said.
0: You, you did say you're a good
1: editor. This episode of My Way has been brought to you by Bill Tong. Whenever you're feeling tough, think of Bill Tong. This form of dried, cured meat originated in Southern Africa. The name biltong literally translates from the Dutch as butt-tongue or butt-strip. Yep, I'm not kidding. The idea of biltong and its smoky cousin jerky is to slice up some meat, usually beef or wild game, bathe it in vinegar, slap a load of salt and spices on it, and hang it to dry. This ancient form of preserving meat was done by Southern Africa's indigenous khoikhoi, as well as European settlers. In addition to basic ingredients like cloves and pepper, most recipes call for coriander and vinegar, which serve as a shield against bacteria. Today, biltong is a popular snack for South Africans, but back in the day, this dried meat was essential sustenance for people making long journeys over land or sea. With the wave of high-protein diets, this $3 billion Biltong business has surpassed chips and candy as popular snack foods. In addition to beef and wild game, Biltong can be made from chicken, fish, ostrich, and yes, even crocodile. Biltong, where you choose the cure. Get it? Chew. The cure. Get it? The cure. Curing. Okay. All right. All right.
0: So, where were we? we, we, we with Grandpa Barnes living in his house? Are you recording still? Yep. In a place called Thorburn Terrace, uh, Bridmore, the house. Mm-hmm. Thorburn Terrace was the place. Do you want a check? Um, Let me get you a check. Yeah, sure. And, um, <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sonny, so, um, yeah, let's talk about old Grandpa Barnes. He was a, uh, he's actually quite an interesting man. He was in charge of the school board, he had his own uh, sh- uh, shipping company I think it was called and he had. Uh, he did the most amazing things and he came from Dorset and at the age of 89 he still spoke with Dorset accent, slowly and very precise and he knew one word in African and that was Boer Wars wow uh, and he was uh he's a great dog and yeah i did run wild i mean i had yet i lived in a room with a the window was stuck open so and had ivy going up so i could easily climb in and out and school and i were um i mean it was a hell of a interruption in my life <laughs> yeah that
1: that's this one question that i had specifically for you is talk about your schooling and talk about your education
0: wow <laughs> Yeah, eh. huh? You want to know about schooling and education? With schooling, I went to a very nice school, Solomon College, which is just an ordinary government school. But we had um, no shades of grey. Um, everything was black and white, and including the colour of the uniform. So those were the days when you could get a, a hiding for a looking skew. Um, you could get a hiding if you walked down the passage without buttoning your blazer. You could get a hiding if you weren't wearing... Um, the right uh, sized trousers if your, if your trousers were too narrow and those are the days when narrow jeans came in, everybody was skin tight jeans and we were wearing 18 inch trousers, you know and then we used to line up six of us, ten of us in a row and wait outside the principal's office and uh, before we get a thrashing, maybe six cuts or four cuts depending, two cuts depending on how, how bad your crime was and I remember the guys using all sorts of things like um, putting paper and d- the the farmers had duy skins where they'd put a, a piece of leather in, in their underpants. and it would you'd hear the different hidings coming out. plop, 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 like okay. at oh that guy's got a doy skin. Whack, whack, that's paper that's to wow. try and protect our bums.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, no, those, those hidings didn't matter to us. I mean, it was a, a badge of honor to see how many hidings you could get in a week.
1: The, well, wife, the one
0: hiding that did matter to me was my dad was a very wonderful man and um, he was, uh, I think he was told that um, he better get me straight and he made me bend down over the bottom of the bed and he took his belt off and gave me a hiding and It was sore but I mean when I looked up what was really sore that he was crying. And uh, that that made more impression on me than any other hiding. Really?
1: Mm. Why? Why was?
0: Well, obviously he was he, he was doing his duty. You know, mm. and we did we did our duty. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> unlike today, where honesty and um, duty and um, commitment mean very little to most people. Mm. Those days, it was the honor thing, and the duty, and you, know, you were duty-bound, and um, you had to do what was expected of you. <sighs> like, if you have to, the school tells you, you must uh, give your child a hiding, you'd have to give your child a hiding. Mm. Except that most parents wouldn't have done that. But my dad was also um, a great guy, a very, very wonderful man. He was, um, in his life, there were no shades of gray. He had a photographic memory. He could quote dreams or words with, and the Bible, and... Shakespeare and he was very talented. I mean, he was, he was a busily shotist and he played cricket until he was 50 or something mm. He could play darts better than anybody. He never drank Didn't use bad language Stopped smoking when he was about 14. He still died of smoking related diseases when he was 16. Really? But yeah, yeah
1: hmm. And then and your
0: mom? My mom was about your size six uh-huh. foot four, obviously. And. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm glad I fooled you.
0: <laughs> she, she used to sing all day. Really? Yeah. All day, every day, she used to sing. And she was feisty as all hell. And she gave my old man a hell of a hard time. And, um, but she was really a bubbly character and a happy person. She lived to nearly hundred. She lived to ninety nine and a half. And she died because she was no longer interested in living because she didn't have any friends left. She wasn't sick. She just lay there. I was going to see her and she said to me, You are a good boy. And then she gets up one day. It's time you got a good woman. I mean, I've been married to Sylvia for about 20 years by then. I told Sylvia.
1: (laughs) And... Oh, she didn't even have the desire just to make it to 100?
0: No, I said, you know, if, you'll get a, if you make it to 100, uh, try harder. I mean, try harder. Yeah. You get a letter from the queen. Oh, bugger the queen. No, because as a, as a colonial, uh, you would get a letter from the queen on well. From really? The, yeah. I had no
1: idea. Well, congratulations
0: well, well, well. on your centenary. <laughs> Hope you have another 100 years. Well,
1: congratulations. You're old.
0: Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs>
1: Officially.
0: Hope you are... Happy in a hundred years time. We're discussing here, Nigel. Don't tell me. Hidings at Silborn College. Did you ever get a hiding? Yeah,
1: the most I got was six. <laughs> That's yours. <laughs> oh, thank I you. I got
0: six for bunking out. Thanks, Nigel. And I was warned that the next time I've okay. should be told. Thank you. That would have been
1: sixty. Wow. And you, how many?
0: I used to get regularly, you get six cuts. Oh. The worst was Kenny Carlson, you know. Oh, the cricket bat? Yeah. No, he used to have a plank. Kenny was about your size. And he had a plank, a flooring oh, yeah. plank. But he used to hit us with a flooring plank. A, like it? a two-meter flooring yeah, plank. Hold, what? Hold
1: what? The, no. You know, hold on to the, the blackboard. And then you come in there. A the
0: cricket bat is painful. Oof. He would know, hold your head and <laughs> you <laughs> damage your head. Oh. You know how many guys were cheeky to Kenny Carlson? None. <laughs> yeah. You know how many of us called him sir and really respected him? And we're talking about 50 years ago, eh? 60 years ago. Shit. Uh, do you remember, I was just saying, do you remember uh, Glenn Page and Fisher Field and those boys? Being farmers, they had access to dicey skins. They stick a dicey skin inside their trousers. It, it, but depending yeah, yeah. which way, if you're the first place is outside, it sounds alright, but if the first face is in which guy goes, I hope you are going to enjoy this. Prop! By a pillow. Page. Yes, sir. What have you got in there? <laughs> Nothing, sir. So, even in those days, you couldn't take the guy's trousers down and check <laughs> It's
1: like a Monty Python sketch.
0: Yeah, mate, oh. from Monty Python learned from us. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> Thanks, Nige. Measure. See you when we see you. Yeah,
1: I'll be back next time. Okay. Right, so you talked about your schooling. Well,
0: school, schooling schooling was about rugby, and it was about bunking school, and it was about spending most of my time running around the bush, collecting birds' eggs and, and stuff like that. And we really, we had a marvellous time because it's warm in East London, and I'd come home. And basically, throw my shoes off and take my air gun and go and walk, run around the bush. And in uh, winter, we had long trousers and um, white shirts. And it was all about rugby, and that's what schooling is for me. They didn't really instill any interest in me about anything um, apart from art. I enjoyed art, I did well at all those things.
1: So did they have art at yeah, school? Yeah. yeah, so
0: they don't have art and stuff like that nowadays. Mm. You know, we could do subjects like woodwork and metalwork and art and, and funny things like that. now today, it's uh, very much, I think that's all gone, yeah. sadly. There's no self-expression there. Mm. It's all down to the <laughs> lowest common denominator. I mean, you know, when I was at school and somebody got six A's for a trick, Mm. You made international, not national uh, uh, headlines, international headlines, right? Today, the first ten guys in Matric get sort of six A's for Matric. Yeah. And it's bullshit. I don't think that we were any cleverer or any more st- or stupid than the guys today. And I don't think they know more than me. I yeah. I mean, the information uh, um, that you can get on, on uh, today is phenomenal, let's face it but I don't think people absorb more. A piece of bull
1: You make your own?
0: Yeah. These are chili bites. Oh. You come and do what you have to. Yeah.
1: I like the chili bites. So how do you make it?
0: You go out on your walk, And you come back and make bultong.
1: So is this springbok?
0: This is kudu. Kudu? Is this thing still good? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh.
1: How long does it take to dry out?
0: Well, that bultong up there
1: mm-hmm.
0: is from two years ago. It's a bit like eating Tutankhamun. <laughs> it's, <the same. laughs> it's a bit dry.
1: And this? How old is this? About six months. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: How long did it stay good for? I don't know.
0: Until it's eaten. No, our, our nation, well, African Afrikaans nation, mm-hmm. fought the entire war with a few sticks of biltong in the saddlebag and a couple of rusks and some black coffee.
1: Are rusks specifically South African? What about it? Are they South African? Because I'd never even heard of rusks until I came rusks. here. Rusks? Mm-hmm. You're joking. Mm-mm. It's amazing. There used know-
0: to be a song that I remember. About, guys. I'm like, give me springbok biltong, give me burr biscuits, give me coffee, lekker coffee. Then go the other way. But well, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Da 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 da. not too much. Give me springbok biltong. So.
1: So what are you saying? Give me springbok biltong give, give me, me a
0: farmer's biscuit
1: <SSSSSSSR>. give me um, a cup of
0: coffee give me a black coffee and chuck the other out what do i want with foreign tastes I just make my
1: stomach sick <laughs> <SSSSS>! that's great someone call idols i think alistair has a chance to woo the judges with his angelic voice right So thanks for joining me for part one of my conversation with fellow Graytonian and artist, Alistair Barnes. Join me next time for part two as we talk more about art, music, women, and what he wants to be when he grows up, of course. Don't forget to follow at Podcast Cowgirl on Facebook and Instagram for photos and updates associated with the podcast. You can always email us as well, podcastcowgirl at gmail.com. See you next week.